Good evening, people, or good morning, depending on what time you're listening. Elena here. Hey, it's Alima. And we're going to talk about uh, Canal Street. We just saw that movie in the theaters today, and we want to talk about it. I think it was... um, may not have been that well publicized, but yeah, it was something we were looking forward to seeing because... You know, Geo from Hollywood Unlocked. And, and Brashear or whatever from Empire. Like, it, it's a black movie. Maybe that's why it's not... Um, yeah, it wasn't in, out there like that, but... Yeah, like, it was in theaters around us for, like, two weeks. We didn't get a chance to go see it. And then today we had to go out a little further because it was only playing in, like, this theater far away. So, went to go see it. Theater was kind of empty, you know, you know what was but, funny though, Elena, like how he was like the few people that was in there was like all white people. Right. So and we went to Long Beach, so that was that was interesting. So I just wanna say that I really like the cast. It had a strong cast. It had old and new actors and actresses like uh mm-hmm. Brashear gray from empire and he also did the new edition movie mm-hmm. uh they had woody mclean who played bobby brown in the new edition movie mckay pfeiffer prosecutor yeah and then the other guy from soul food it was a lot of people who've been in different movies together well that's that's um happens a lot in black hollywood but i think that it was for sure i think it was his movie debut his uh first movie theater debut anyway because I've seen him in like um Netflix movies with that dancing movie with Tiana Taylor and he was also in oh yeah I said that new edition so let's just say spoiler alert because I'm pretty sure we're gonna go into details in the movie that aren't in the commercial and may give things away so here we go yeah so just from a from a broad perspective first, right? I liked how you know the social commentary was with the different uh news outlets and everything. To me it felt like the way it was unfolding, it was like a real story. Like I had to keep on, you know, pausing to think, Hey, is this based off a true story? So I actually, how are you pausing when we were in the movie? No, I'm like I was pausing like to think. I actually at I one know. point Wanted to pull out my phone and Google because remember when I was asking you questions, I was thinking to myself, I thought you were laughing at me like you should know this already because, you know, I was like, well, is this based off a true story? Like, should I know some of these questions that I have? Some yeah, of the, it just felt. Should I know some of the answers that I have these questions to because they, they were. It felt very real. And mm-hmm. that's why, like, while I'm watching it, I kept um, being in a daze because I would go off to thinking. They would say, like, they would have some real moments in there, like, when they were talking on the breakfast club and showing different news outlet or, you know, our little, uh, podcast outlets like dish nation. And when they would mention like, Hey, remember they had a fight, uh, two weeks before this incident or something like that. It felt like things uh, that you could reference, you know, who was found in the the gym mat. And they said that he had a fight with that white boy elements that were pulled from real stories. So I like that way that they constructed the story. It made it feel very real. Yeah, it was like a bunch of different stories you heard before put all together. That's what I liked about it. Like, and although this got on my nerves, like after the. 
actual incident of the shooting they didn't actually go back and reconstruct immediately like what happened i was like what exactly happened like go through it point by point it left you in i mean that was like the the whole the whole i i i didn't think that they i see what they were trying to do i understand but i was irritated like they didn't want to give it all away in the beginning that was that was the not the cliffhanger but the um I guess what's the, the overview? monkey in the ranch. The okay, so so basically, this is the synopsis. Brashear is playing Coley, and him and his dad they they were in. Is it based in Chicago? Mm-hmm. They're in yeah, Chicago. Chicago. They're in you know the inner city in Chicago, and his dad is moving him out the hood. In the beginning, he's you know doing righteous things with his hood rat friends, Geo from. <laughs> Hollywood Unlocked was one of his friends, which I was not. I was like, okay, why is his old ass playing one of his friends? True. Like, and then when the story starts off, his mother just passed away. We're not sure why. Yeah, so it's just him with his friends, Geo. I forgot his name in the movie, but Geo in the movie. And then Woody McClain, which his name was May May in the movie. And they're just, like, in the car having a good time showing that, like, you know, oh, why are you moving out the hood? You should stay here and da-da-da. And then they show the dad and him go to the new condo, and he's, like, having growing pains. He doesn't know how he's going to fit in here with all these white people. And he goes to the school, and the first day he has an altercation with the with the star basketball player, you know, they have a little... uh sparring sparring scuffle on the court and everybody sees it so you know Brashear or I'm sorry Coley in the movie he doesn't react right away like getting to it with him but he does let him know like I'm not the one to play with like the next day he sits right next to him like okay you want to do that sucker shit like Mm -hmm. do that shit while I'm sitting right next to you and they just kind of have this it kind of felt like like they had a it was like a boy crush kind of thing like oh i'm mean to you because i like you and i want to get to know you like that's how the white yeah, boy yeah basically i mean it was just it weird was written a little strange yeah it was there, like the, the dialogue between it. them two was kind of awkward but I, i'll forgive it for the rest of the movie you know because i like the movie overall uh the so the white boy ends up dying that's you know, that's not really giving nothing away because that's in the commercials. But the the white boy ends up getting shot after Coley and his friends give him a ride home. It happens like right after he drops right. him off and they they're like, at a party who happens to it's a party of a, a girl that Coley is courting. They're kinda of talking and whatever. And so everybody's drunk, basically, except for the people who are not very, very drunk are Coley, basically. His two guy friends from the hood are drunk. And the white boy is, like, real drunk. They're messed up. He's right, like, that's why they drove him home, because let's he's... Let's just oh. drive you home, because he was messed up. And... And then in the car, they're having this dialogue about, you know, race relations, and the white boy is basically trying to give excuse as to why he does racist shit, and Coley is not having it. Like, okay, you're not a kid anymore. You've seen the world. You know, look around you. Look what's going on. There's no excuse to be sheltered and not know what's, you know, what's what. But with all that being said, it doesn't get, like, real heated or anything. He pretty much drop him off, and 
going about their business. And throughout the movie, you don't know what, why they went back or how. Um, well, they kind of just say, basically, he was dropping them off. And I'm thinking he had to, like, make some type of U.E. or something. Mm-hmm. And in that time, the boy got shot. And they don't let the audience know that... Uh, they don't let us know who shot him or what happened. He's just shot. And all we know is they just dropped him off. So it's kind of like, did he shoot him? Or did one of his friends do it? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, throughout the whole thing, you're thinking, you're not really thinking that Coley shot him, but you are really thinking that one of his, you know, knucklehead Like, maybe shot he knows him. something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or, shit, maybe he saw who did it. and Right, and it's not necessarily it was on purpose. You probably think they're messing around with a gun. Two of them were very drunk anyway, and you're like, oh. Right, you just don't know. So, of course, okay, he's, all we know is the dude stays around and waits for the police, and that's how he ends up getting locked up for it. So, then it's, this is where it feels very real, and they show, like, all these news outlets sharing the story, like, oh, this uh, white kid from the Burbs is found dead, and this guy that he had a fight with and it's all plastic like all the hot points are um being discussed on the breakfast club and different radio shows and you know they show the black perspective they show the white perspective and you know it's just it just feels very real to what's going on today every time something happens uh when a black person or a white person gets killed by the other the race. racial tensions and the key key thing too his dad is a lawyer you know he was just right we missed that part his he, dad is a defense attorney and he uh takes on his son's case and so it's very personal to him obviously makai pfeiffer is the prosecuting attorney and it brings this element uh, you know black against black like you're going to do that against the community and I like that that end is shown, like especially in the barbershop when he goes. Yeah, they this there's this barbershop scene when the prosecutor Makai Pfeiffer he goes in to get his hair cut, like you know normal, and, and they all like standoffish. Yeah, like, they looking at him like, what what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you ain't welcome here no more. He's sitting in the chair like, you know, I like to get my hair cut, right? Like, all comfortable getting all, uh, you know, he got then, his suit on. He like. Look, Right, like I don't know if he was trying to ignore the vibe or he just didn't catch it yet. So they all just looking at him like, oh, this nigga. (laughs) (laughs) Like he just really gonna come in. But um, so with you got dude from Soul Food, Michael Beach, the one who cheated on Terry. Family fucked my husband. (laughs) <laughs> that guy so it's like a yeah now he's a grandpa reunion and so yeah he's like the owner of the barbershop yeah he's an old head like and he's just looking at him like you really gonna sit in this chair like nothing going on so he like what's up like y'all got a problem like speak and of course michael beach tell him about himself tell him how he feel and everybody in the barbershop make it clear that they're basically he's speaking for them you know yeah. what i mean they're all in agreement because, you know, no one's stepping forth to cut his hair. His regular barber is just kind of right. Like, he like, I'm not gonna make a move until you say it's okay, <laughs> big dog, mm-hmm. big dog, Michael Beach. But um, Michael Beach and Mike, uh, not Michael Makai Pfeiffer. He, he stands up like, hold up, let me get y'all together real quick. So you telling me that I can't prosecute him because he's black, and you know uh, when I prosecuted that white cop. 
nothing. Y'all were loving me, whatever, whatever. So they having this big heated debate. And I just really like this scene because they're having the dialogue. He's asking the hard questions. At no point did Makai Pfeiffer get up and walk out like, man, fuck, the, I don't need this right now. Like, or maybe it's because he needed his haircut. And you know how <laughs> black men don't like to go to nobody but their barber. Yeah, no, it was crazy. He was at a loss. He was like, right, he's like, man, I got to get through I've this. I've been coming here for 10 haircut. years. Like. <laughs> but so they, they, they argue it out or whatever. No, I think he really took the time to explain it because he had been feeling that pressure anyway. And he was like... Yeah, he probably wanted to mounting, explain himself. You know? And like, and he, he had probably been feeling in the streets or with family or friends. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just break it down real quick. Right. And he probably, if he tell the barber, everybody going to hear about it. I don't know. Do men talk like that about yeah, what happens Yeah, that's why it was shop? important Like why it was at the barber shop because that's where they got, go to gossip and stuff. Right. So. They gossip too. Just mm-hmm. like that. Shoot, maybe even more. So they got the they 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 got the word from him, you know. Man, so he yeah he he defended himself. So by the end of the the debate or the sparring or whatever you want to call it, you know his barber just kind of breaks the ice. Like, so you gonna get your hair cut or what? Like, you're gonna be out here looking crazy in front of all these cameras, and um, so you know they. They're like, all right, man, like, you, you always going to have a seat here, but I'm going to get you together when I need to. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, I was like, I like that. Like, y'all should be able to disagree and, and not be the end of y'all's yeah, move relationship. Because they both had valid points, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like some clear-cut, I mean, right or wrong, you know? Well, it really did look questionable. He was covered in his blood He's literally like holding the body, you know, yelling for help. And the father comes out and sees this black face. He wanted to say that so bad when he was saying, it. and I saw his and face. And it was blank. <laughs> what he wanted to say? Oh, he said blank. I thought he said and it was black. That's why you I know. started laughing. I was like, okay. still, he said it was blank. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, the like, father that, comes out and stupid. sees him. I mean, it, right? I was like, I thought it was stupid. I was like, right. Well, I know that's what he was thinking, but y'all could have, exactly, he yeah. wouldn't have said that. <laughs> but so, yeah, his father sees him over his son's dead body. And his friends zoom off and leave, you know. Yeah, and interesting enough, there's no murder weapon. There's no bullet. What the hell happened to the bullet? It went straight through, I guess, his eye or his head. Yeah. It just got lost. On, it yeah. got lost somewhere. So, so they had no murder weapon, no bullet. No physical evidence, just uh, circumstantial, you know, circumstantial evidence. But, I mean, that'll get you sometimes, I guess, especially when you're black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so and they said his bill at, like, uh, what, three, three million? million? Three million. Like, like he's Diddy's son or somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Lucia's son. They must have mm-hmm. <laughs> thought. They really didn't have a strong case until the betrayal. Yeah, the betrayal. When I'm not gonna give it all away because I know we've already been spoiling stuff, but I'm not gonna spoil everything because I really want people to go out and see it. But there was a betrayal that shifted the whole energy of the case and brought down the morale. I was just like, dang, we can't ever stick together, like black people sometimes there was so there's so much internal pressure though you know 
with the betrayal. It was from the inside. You you think about these dirty cops and what the links they'll go to. So that false confession, right? Got hit one of his closest, closest the closest people to him, bearing false witness against you. In our community, we a lot of us feel like okay, we can't trust each other. We're always stabbing each other in the back. You know. There's always that crabs in the barrel mentality. Yeah, know? we get accused of it. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's just uh, paranoia. Yeah. So when that happened, it was just like, damn. Yeah, and even to take it a step further, you know, it's not just them, but the the individual, but their families' lives being affected and being threatened, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's like... You have to decide sometimes, okay, am I going to help my people or am I going to help myself? And a lot of people at the end of the day choose to help themselves. Like it's bigger than you. Like it's just like you got to you gotta take a stand sometimes. Everybody, I feel like every, every black person at some point is uh, presented with that choice of taking a stance for your people or, or folding. And, uh... A lot of people find it find it easier to fold. I was so shocked. I was like, really? I thought y'all would. Why did I almost yell out his name? <laughs> <laughs> right? Because, okay. Right. It makes you want to say it, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but that hurt my feelings because, oh my God. Like, could you imagine? <clears throat> right. The odds are already against you. They got the bell set all high. He, you know, he was already covered in blood and whatnot. But they kind of put the nail in the coffin with somebody close to him. Mm-hmm. That's and so, when he lost it. Yeah. I would have, too, though. Well, not like that. But Man, yes, you would. I would have got through. I would have been. I mean, I would have Because been, at that point, I would have been like, okay, I'm going. I'm going to jail. I'm going to prison for the rest of my life now. <laughs> I would have been so upset. I really like the way they presented it, though, because it could have been done from a perspective of you see the witness turn on him in court. But you don't see the background of how the cops really got in his head and scared him. You know what I mean? It was illustrated well. Yeah. Because you, it could have just been like, oh, such and such, you know, has this to say. And it's like a shock factor. But you got to see the behind the scenes. Right, because if you see the friendship, it's hard to believe that he would just t- turn on him for Oh, I shouldn't have, Okay. Just keep going. Whatever. Yeah. If you see their their relationship, their bond, you wouldn't expect this person to turn on him. Right. But when they broke it down and they played it back to what happened, I'm like, okay, it could happen to anybody. I mean, not anybody because there are very loyal people in this world. But but at the same time, you think about how all, this happens every day, you know? Yeah. Because it's like, it's bigger, confessions. it's bigger than the person. Like, if somebody's threatening your family, your child, your mama, then it's like, you know. Right, you have to think, like, at that point, you're not being selfish. You're trying to protect your family and people you love. So. Right, and you might think to yourself, hey, I was the one who was out drinking and going to some damn high school party and... You know, well, I think up. the only one who wasn't in high school was Gio. He 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 was supposed Wait, to be the, the older dude? friend. Okay, but well, whatever. I was the one who decided to go out that night. You know, and I mean, somehow nothing wrong with going out. And I having know, a good time. but still, like, damn, I was the one. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were just drinking. They probably smoking some weed, but I mean, they didn't. 
do anything to deserve to go to jail or prison or be accused of murder. You know what I mean? It's just they that prison wanted a body and the they also industrial complex. They wanted maybe. to please the people who wanted uh justice for the white boy, mm-hmm. the star. You know what I mean? People weren't gonna shut up until they, the dad. Oh my gosh, the dad was the just dad was foaming at the mouth. I mean, not to y'all have to just see the movie how this dude's just rolling up on people and stuff. Like you, you better relax. Mm. <laughs> oh my goodness, he he came up to the preacher wanting some action. Like, come on now, chill out. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the said. and the pastor, the preacher, he was he was a drug lord in the Queen of the South series. He was the black drug lord. Man, you remember Queen him? Of this? No, I don't actually. You don't remember him? I don't know his name, they but he stole people from Queen of the South. Yeah, they, they had two people from Queen of the South in there. The, the, the head of the military, the yeah, dirty uh, military guy. He looked skinnier and younger. Didn't yeah, he, he looked kind of handsome in the movie a little bit. I was like, okay, yeah, he looked different. But what was I talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, the father was just going through it. I guess I mean I've never lost right. a child. He was wearing so. his clothes and everything. I mean that he was that, I could he see was that really happening. going around acting crazy. Yeah, I could I could see that. So they, now he wasn't trying to be no vigilante or nothing, but he just wasn't. Yeah, but basically stable. what I'm trying to say is they wanted to appease him and everybody else who wanted somebody in prison for that murder. So. And the cops, they get pressure on them because as long as it takes for them to close the case, you know yeah. what I mean? People are like, oh, they're not doing nothing. And especially, this doesn't happen in our neighborhood. Right. Or maybe whole, it's ego, too. It's, it's just like, you want to you wanna be the one to be like, okay, I solved it. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll lead the witness and all this stuff. And so, that's what they did. And I don't know if, I don't know. You know what? I'm trying not to give too much away, <laughs> but I don't know if he was involved with the conspiracy. Okay, it's just confusing. Never mind. Scratch okay, that. so those we liked a lot about the film, but what did you not like? Okay, I didn't like the beginning. The beginning with the, I just remember I don't. It's the, so so the, hilarious because I'm having a problem remembering the very beginning, but I just remember all the faces we made. It's the dialogue, and I'm not I'm not saying di. I literally mean the dialogue, like how the lines were written, because mm-hmm. I write and I'm like, okay, I could have I could have wrote a better line than that. You know what I mean? Like when they're talking, the two boys, it's just. When they're in the car and they're talking about race relations, I just felt like they were having a different conversation. Mm-hmm. I understand that when you talk about race with somebody with, from a different race, they don't understand everything. But it was like, are y'all listening to each other? Like, yeah, it was, it it was, was like they were having strange. a different conversation. And the, and the white boy's talking about how, how he's not used to being around black people, so he doesn't know how to interact with them basically but it's like okay but when y'all had y'all's beef on the court you were dapping up all the black boys and like y'all were on the same team or something so it's like you're comfortable around them but oh he's a new black boy is it because you know where he's from like i just didn't and it's it was like what are you talking of, about um, you you hang around black people it looks like so i mean i the new black boy coley was on his turf and all but this white boy was like really comfortable. Bold. Like, especially if you want to kind of paint him as being like this inner city kid. Yeah, I I just, yeah, I just didn't understand why the white boy felt so comfortable 
testing him. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just didn't find that believable. So that's something I thought could have been worked out maybe, better. Right. Maybe not in the way not in the way that it was displayed in the film. Like, like if they want to make it seem like okay, he's privileged and he feels like nothing can happen to him, that's one thing. But you but have you him make challenging it seem like he could fight and all this stuff when he is a freaking he's a freaking drug dealing, um country singing ass boy yeah it was just like it was too many layers they were giving us of this i I guess because they they were gonna kill him so they were trying to give us yes you know i felt like that part was a little rushed they were trying to make uh brian sodermill the white boy make him overly dynamic like oh he's not just athlete oh he sings he's a jack efron type oh and he's a drug dealer on the side it's like it's just a little too much yeah it was it was they tend to do that though when the person is being killed just mm-hmm. like i I like how they did it in the hate you give with the the boy who got killed they showed just enough of his personality before he got killed you get a vibe of who he is right that's very it was very different but like you liked him you knew he was a drug dealer you saw like his, yeah it's like you felt like you knew his personality and mm-hmm. how he treats you people because you saw how you he saw was treating uh amanda a little bit about how he grew up you know you felt like you you saw him grow up and so. it wasn't forced exposition so just a just a little difference in character development it was it was a little forced yeah they could have they could have built it up better than that but um yeah because like what else does this boy do he does does he do gymnastics too like what the hell like they were just like leaning all out there and i'm like okay like he's very well-rounded i guess but and then i just i didn't find it believable that brashear didn't react to that testing of his gangster like mm-hmm. <laughs> He, he kind of brushed it off, and I didn't I mean, find that believable. Like, me either. I was like, okay. He's he's a young boy with pride. He he's new to this school. You can't let nobody punk you like that. Oh, and that hairstyle they had on him. What were they? Doing I don't. I think they did that so we wouldn't associate him with his characters like Hakeem or. That yeah, was just weird. They yeah, I, I can't find any other reason why they had him looking like uh, Lorenz Tate from Don't Be a Miss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's like they had the the rubber bands on the end because it was fake hair and they didn't want it to look like fake hair. So they didn't it want was, to burn it. It was just... It was something. That wasn't it. Funny moments in the movie. Okay, let's get into it. So when the, the guy... I'm sorry. Get it together. <laughs> His face. Okay. So he's retelling the the neighbors retelling Who's the events telling? of okay. the night. Okay. He was the only so called witness. So anyway, it's an older guy. He says that he hears a gunshot. Then they flash to like him in the dark. And he then they, the the prosecutor asks him what he does. So what did you do next? And he said, I ran towards it. Why did we all just lose right, the theater? Because like because that was so funny, like we always talk about white people and black people when it comes to survival instincts and the fact that he said he was running toward the, the gunshots and any other black person would have ran away or you know ducked down wait till the coast is clear so yeah that was funny that when he said we that were like the only we ones laughing though just look right at each other and <laughs> we just bust laughing, laughing because it was too much yeah we were like the only black people in the theater so they weren't in on the inside joke that was that was pretty funny but okay another one was when they have uh what's his name 
McKelty Williamson from he was also in so that's the dad. Hotel. Okay, yeah, he was he was the father and he's the defense attorney and he they he got mad because they brought out some new evidence or whatever and he's like so you're just gonna whip out some new evidence or whatever and i know they said that because of his line and waiting to exhale when he said you'll have to whip it out and tame you so i started laughing at that but there weren't too too many funny moments in the movie but we always find the humor in it yeah so. you could definitely find you know some funny moments especially with the brashier's character and the braces they had on him sometimes it was yeah too- they were just like trying to make him look young yeah I guess. look young look more innocent i guess but it was funny because it, it seemed like it was he hard for him to talk sometimes because he couldn't even close his damn mouth he looked funny yeah he already has exaggerated features so right with the nostrils everybody be talking about his nostrils man i was like can he relax his mouth already but ah, it was understandable but there were some a few twists and turns too that you know made the movie more interesting who it's it's an emotional it's an emotional movie. I didn't expect it to I thought it was gonna be cliche, you know what I mean? They are dealing with topics that we hear all the time. Yeah, but, but there were some different elements to it, like for instance, the white boy who was killed in the movie, um, his name was Brian Sodermill. Sodermill. So he was actually a drug dealer that his parents, of course, they didn't know anything about. The, all the school age kids knew about i think he was selling pills right yeah so then you're wondering like okay is it you know how how the game goes is it drug related or is it a beef he has with you know because he he's a little asshole so <laughs> like i could name a few reasons why somebody might want to kill him but it just there was a lot of uh things that make you think it's it's thought provoking. It's uh, entertaining. The cast, you know, they did a good job with the cast. The acting, you know, I hadn't seen Gio in anything, and I thought he didn't have like a major role, but the parts that he did have. And this is uh, Gio Giovanni from Hollywood Unlocked, formerly from Hollywood Unlocked. Another right, he's not on there anymore. But so he, but he would always be talking about like, oh, I got a gig here and a gig there, and like I, I saw him in that Tupac and Biggie, uh, true crime series. I, I only saw him in one episode though, and it wasn't really a major part either. But it's like so far, he, he's climbing up there. He's, he, you can see a bad actor in <laughs> two minutes. You know what I mean? Right. And he, he doesn't stand out in that way. So. Nope, and, and there were some emotional scenes for him too. So yeah, and uh, McClane. Oh no, Brashear. I'm sorry, Hakeem. Bullet to the name Lion. He showed some range too. I didn't think that he had it in him. So that was nice to see. Definitely worth the watch. Yeah. So go see it. Support black movies. Is it a black movie? I don't. That's a good question. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to look into that. I gotta look at the writers and the, you know, it might just be black actors. Is the director, what? You know what? Pause. I'm gonna look that up. All 
Okay, is it a black movie? I don't know what qualifies it as a black movie, but the director's black, the executive producer's black, uh, some producers are black in the screenplay. Yeah, it's written by black and black, black. They got no. Black listen, listen, no, no, no. no. Bla- listen, this is what counts. You didn't hear listen, what I said. This is what counts. Director, screenwriter. If there's three screenwriters and one of them's black, black movie. But if there's three screenwriters and two are white. You know, major- doesn't majority rule? Black, I mean, the black guys listen Black first. outweighs the white. Okay, well, it's not bliggity black, black. It's a one drop rule. It's a black movie. <laughs> okay, we're going. We're, we're going to close it out. The movie was good. Go see it if you know you liked our review and it intrigued you guys. Uh, we out. We out.